this week I was thinking about, hey, how do we, um, how do we uh, just really, um, how do we really respond to what God is doing? And that's not always easy to figure out, especially when we kind of don't understand what God's doing. Um, but I started thinking about it, and I started thinking about the call of God on our lives and the, and the way that he pursues us. And, uh, and Abraham's story came to mind. We're going to start um, reading in Genesis chapter 12 because that's going to lead to everything else that I'm going to talk about. But Genesis chapter 12 is interesting because Abraham responds to the call of God in Genesis chapter 12. The call of God is what makes you unique. It's not something that just happened in the past for other people. It's something that's for us. And it's what makes you unique. It marks you as being special. And the call of God is interesting because it's both a call to relationship and a call to responsibility. And you're going to see that as we read through the passage today. And Abraham's response to that call made him bigger than anyone in life can ever be. And God is extending that same call to every single one of us. It's God's call that will change your legacy forever. You can't be a follower of God unless you have heard and embraced the call. It's God's call that distinctly shapes the rest of your life. Now remember that Genesis starts out awesome. It starts out with God creating everything that you and I can see. I mean, when we wake up, we look out and we look at the crazies and then we look at the bear tooths and, and, and we just see this beauty and we say, ah, it is so awesome. And that's how Genesis starts. And the high point of his creation is humanity. One man and one woman who are in perfect relationship with him. But then in chapter three, there's a downward spiral. And from that point on, all of humanity struggles to be faithful to God. And by the time that we get to Abraham, no one is following God. Not a single person on earth is following God. Abraham's father was the last person who was connected to Adam and Eve through their son, Seth. He was the last person who had the potential to follow God, but he wasn't. And we know that because in Joshua 24.2, it reminds us that Terah, Abraham's father, was an idol worshiper. And it's at this point that God steps in. God steps in when human history has reached a dead end. The previous chapters are the story of the human race spiraling down the proverbial drain, becoming even more corrupt and more violent. And in the middle of the chaos, one family line is preserved to some extent or another, the line of Seth, one of the sons of Adam and Eve, and that takes us all the way to Noah. And then the Bible says that Terah, Abraham's father, is the eighth person down from the line of Noah. And now he too has gone astray. Had God not showed up at this time and in this way, there was no foreseeable future for humanity. But then you turn from chapter 11 to chapter 12 and light bursts through out of the darkness and it gives humanity some hope. You see, God's pursuit never changes. He pursued Abraham, and I would argue that he's pursuing you. And apart from the call of God, Abraham was spiritually dead. His family had turned itself over to idolatry, just like all of us will be apart from God. Every single one of us will be idolaters apart from God. Now, I know that that might be surprising to you. 
But if we don't surrender to the call of God, then we're going to be nice little idolaters. We might be nice people, but we're going to be chasing after whatever will fulfill us, whatever we think will give us joy. And so we might be chasing after money and we might be chasing after things and we might be chasing after comfort. And the agenda of the life of idolaters is always me. It's always about me and my comfort. And then a virus comes and throws it all off track and we get all upset and <coughs> excuse me, and we're trying to figure out what's going on. And then we kind of try to tweak things and get back to making life comfortable again. But God has so much more for us. And that's what the call is all about. And the great thing is that you don't have to be perfect to qualify to be used by God. You don't have to be perfect to respond to his call. The call of God doesn't come because you're qualified. You're qualified because of the call. You're qualified because of the call. And that call came to Abraham. You know, when I was a little kid, we used to do this children's song, and I tried to get um, Kyle and Corbin and JR and Levi to come up here and sing this children's song, and and Kyle was going to play, and these guys were going to do all of the actions, and they all chickened out. And I've been told that we're supposed to have a more active service so that we can be more engaging when people are at home. And then I come up with this idea and everyone said no. Now, okay, they're all chickens, so I'm still going to try um, to, to explain this to you. But, you know, Abraham, there's this little <laughs> kid's song. And it's really something that, you know, at the beginning of Sunday school or children's church, they just wanted to get kids active. And so they'd sing this song and it goes something like this. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm. And uh, oh, now they're doing, the, they're doing it in the back of the room. They're doing the, the actions. It doesn't count, guys. Thanks for failing me today. <laughs> no. Um, and so, and then they'd sing it again, and then it'd be left arm. And then they'd sing it again, and then it'd be right arm, left arm, right foot. And then they'd just go through this. And it was just to get kids active. And, and the reason is, is that we do this is because the story of Abraham, it's, it's something that would introduce them to Abraham, that man who is called by God. And you're going to notice in the passage that it says Abram. And then later he gets the name Abraham. And, and if you look up the meaning of the name, Abram means father or dad. And Abraham m- means the same thing, but it's like saying big daddy. And so at first he's dad, and now he's big daddy. And what that means is, is to everyone in the world is going to be blessed. And we're going to talk about that through him. He is going to be the father of nations. And so we're going to read in Genesis chapter 12. Here, here's what it says. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make your name, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so this is the call of God and it's coming to Abraham. And what's really interesting here is that there's two commands in this passage, but they're easy to miss especially in our English. And the first one is, is is that call, go to the land that I will show you. It actually is the word, get out. Get out. 
Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of what you're used to. Get out of here and go to the place that I'm going to show you. And then the, the second part of that is, is I will bless you. It, it sounds kind of prophetic in the English, but it's actually a command. It's the command, be a blessing. Get out and be a blessing. That's, that's the literal sense of what's here is it's two commands. And all of the promises that followed these two commands were dependent on the commands. The promises were dependent on the commands. Get out and be a blessing. And the promises are, I will bless you. I will make your name great. And all of the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Listen to the radical nature of the call. Get out of your country. Leave your family, your work, and go to the land that I will show you. And God says, I have a plan and you just need to start. You just need to pick up. You just need to start moving in the direction that I want you to go. And the way that I would respond to that is, is hey, but God, where is that? And his response, it seems like, would be, Brian, it doesn't matter. I'll let you know more later. But God, where exactly is that? I want to know. Brian, just trust me. Your job isn't to ask questions. Your job is to get out. Get out of your comfort zones. Be a blessing. Go. Do what I ask you to do. Go. 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 And to obey the call, Abraham had to leave everything that was familiar to him with nothing but a promise. And I asked the question is, is what is the barrier to the blessed life? What is the barrier to the blessed life? What's the thing that keeps us, you and me, from accepting God's call to be a blessing, God's command to be a blessing? And I want to suggest what it is. I want to suggest that the barrier to the blessed life is the pursuit of the best life. The best life says, my will be done. The best life says, is that I want this. I want to, I want to have a nice, comfortable life. I want to make a decent living. I want to have some nice cars. I want to have a nice house. I want to be able to hang out with my friends when I want to. I want to be able to travel. And I want to be able to do fun things. I want to have, you know, the boat and the car and all of those kinds of things. I want the best life. I want the best life. The best life is my will be done. I want what I want and I want it soon or now. The best life is, and you can fill in the blank for you, whatever that is. Whatever it is that you think would make you happy. And the problem is, is that when we're pursuing the best life, there's a lot of things that can throw us off track. There's a lot of things that can get in the way to the best life. And we've just experienced that recently. When this virus starts to shut down in a place far away and we think that, oh, it's certainly not going to come here. And then it starts to spread a little bit. And then we kind of get nervous and we, we, we say, hey, we're going to shut off travel so that people from there can't come here. And, and then we find out that it's too late, that it already came here a long time ago. And, and then all of a sudden everything starts to shut down. And then there's millions and millions and millions of people 
that are on stay-at-home orders. And I'm going to talk about that more because there are people on stay-at-home orders in other countries right now that are suffering far more than we are. And in, in their stay-at-home orders is, is that they, if they leave the house, they might be harassed by the police. And all of a sudden, the best life is no longer what we wanted it to be. But God hasn't called us to the best life. He's called us to the blessed life. And the blessed life is a life of total surrender to his will. And here's the pattern of Abraham's life. God shows up and said, get thee out. Get out of your country. Get out of your comfort zone. Get thee out. And Abraham maybe said, where am I going? And God said, I'll show you later. And then God says, I'll give you a son. And Abraham says, when? And God says, I'll show you later. And then later, after he has a son, God says, I want, I want your son back. I want you to take your son and I want you to give him back to me. I want you to sacrifice him to me. And Abraham's like, what? That doesn't make sense. Why? And God says, I'll show you later. And this is the essence of the God life. Is you just go and be a blessing. Get out. Get out of your comfort zone. Go. Well, what? I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. You just do what I tell you to do, and the promises will all follow. And when you, ex- when you, when you accept the call, when you accept the call, you never go back. This is the essence of the God life. You know, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And then he said, you are the salt of the earth. And that's not always easy to understand. But here's the thing is, is what does light do? Light penetrates the darkness. And here's one of the amazing things about what this virus has done is, is this virus has forced us all into our homes. And it's put us all at a distance, at a physical distance from each other. But here's the thing is, is it's a beautiful thing when we can gather together. And if, if we're truly the light of the world, then we're all in here. And that's a good thing because we can worship God together and we can be together. And, and we're the light in one place. But we're called not just to be in one place. Because if the light is all in one place, then what happens? It's not penetrating the darkness. And that's what light does. And so the light has to get out. And here's what happens is Jesus says, you are the salt of the world. But you know what happens when salt is all gathered together in one place? Is think of it this way is is there's the Dead Sea and there's too much salt there. And so that's why it's called the Dead Sea. Too much salt in one place becomes dangerous and it hinders life. And so get out. Be the salt of the earth. Go everywhere. And so we gather so that we can scatter We get out and we be a blessing. And when you accept the responsibility to the call, you never go back. And the thing, the thing about getting out is that you never come back the same. You never come back the same. And so what does that look like right now? Well, one thing that it looks like is is radical prayer. It looks like radical prayer because the world is scrambling right now for a solution to our problems. And you know, it's heartbreaking that one of the governors said is, is that, you know, God's not, essentially, God's not the one that's going to fix this. 
it's our scientists and all of that, I, I think is what he was referring to. And I know what he was referring to, but the thing is, is that, especially for believers, we cannot do more than pray until we have prayed. And once we have prayed, we can do more than pray. Pray. Otherwise, as is, is that God, if we want God to stop, step in in a radical and wonderful way, if we want people's lives to be changed, if we, if we want to um, see him move in special ways, then we need to pray. We need to be a people of prayer, which is why it's so important for us to like, have that prayer vigil during the National Day of Prayer and for us to follow it up with that event. Not so that we can have a once-a-year event, but so that we can be reminded to pray every day in radical ways. And so it looks like radical prayer and it looks like radical trust. Um, it, it says in Romans chapter 3 and it also says in Hebrews um, chapter 11 that Abraham trusted in God and it was counted to him as righteousness. He believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Is that, that when we put our trust in God, when we put our faith in him, and you have this is the, because of the radical faith of Abraham, it, it, he just trusted God and he started to move into God's will. And then, and then God says, I'm going to make you a blessing and you're going to be a blessing to all nations. And you follow down the line of Abraham and you get to Jesse and you get to King David. And then out of that is, is there's the promise of that a Messiah will come from the line of Jesse. And then you get to Jesus. And then the rest of us are included into the call of God and we become children of Abraham. But ultimately, that's children of God because it's not about Abraham. It's about God and God's promises. But, but God's promises is that you will be a blessing to all nations and we're a part of that blessing. And now we're called to be a blessing also. And so it's radical trust, radical faith in God and the fact that he had a plan all the way through and that plan leads to Jesus. And when we put our faith in Jesus, that we become his children. And if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, that I want to encourage you to accept the radical call of God, which is for you today. It's just say yes to Jesus. Yes, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Be my savior. And then it looks like radical love. Radical love. That's the be a blessing be a blessing. And I can tell you, I can tell you that you are doing that. You are doing that is because of your faithful support of the body of Christ, because of your faithful support of the church, we're able to be a blessing. We're able to deploy God's resources in God's way in order to help other people. It's been heartbreaking over the last few weeks just to um, just to kind of hear about the needs of others. And we hear a lot about the needs of others around our nation as people get laid off. And thankfully, we have a little bit of a safety net here as, as people can sign up for unemployment. And, and we still got to pray, though, because it won't be enough without the prayers of God's people. Um, but uh, we as a church, because you so support the church, we as a church, we were able to be able to kind of spread some money around to help people in need. And so the PMC has a fund to help people locally here. And there's some people overseeing that fund. And, and what it does is it provides gift certificates to the IGA or different restaurants for people just to um, be able to order something. And, and that money stays in the local community. And we were one of three churches. There were four organizations that were asked to give $2,500 um, to put into that fund. And, and then there was some seed money that was in that fund already. And we were one of three churches that were able to pour some resources into that fund in order to help our community. And we can do more if we need to. 
And we do through our Helping Hands Fund. We do more. And, uh, and we can do that because of your faithful support. This week, I gave a ride to a homeless guy to, um, to Billings, whose car had blown up right outside of the, um, the community. And I was able to give him a ride and get a hotel room for him and get him, um, get him uh, to a safe place. And I can do that because you as a church um, provide um, resources for us to be able to take care of people who are in need. And then we have a sister church in Sheridan and there's a church planter there and he's just an awesome guy and he's an electrician and, and, and he's a bivocational. He, he's planting the church simultaneously while working as an electrician and we were able to give them a computer so that they can do this live streaming and we're able to send some resources to be able to help that church as, as, as they're just trying to, to keep going. And we were able to provide some other equipment to another church so that they were able um, to be able to live stream also during this time where this has become so important. And so we were able to do that um, because of the resources that this church has been blessed with. And then I, I um, talked to some of our, our sister churches and, and we have um, sister ministries in Liberia and Bolivia and India. And we've been able to give to that to a, to a COVID-19 fund that will provide food and medicine for people that don't have it. And then um, I talked to Pastor Samuel about how things in India were going. And Pastor Samuel um, said that they support 77 pastors and a group of widows in two orphanages. And he said is, is that it's very hard for them there um, because only one person is allowed out of the house at any given time. And if a person goes out of the house, they might be harassed by the police and they're running out of food. And so we're able to give to that and maybe provide food and, and medicine and things like that to people who desperately need it. And then I got another, um, I got another email from a friend in, um, in Uganda, and Jay Pravacek and I were able to meet with David Wataba, who was over all of East Africa with the Jesus Film, and Arnold Noza, who is um, the director of the Jesus Film in Kenya. Anyway, David sent me a letter, and he says, I hope and pray that all of you are well and safe during these difficult days of COVID-19. COVID-19 has created a grim situation for us, and we have a new reality that we're having to deal with. Uganda is in the early stages of the pandemic with only 55 confirmed cases. Um, But what he's saying is is that they shut down the country and uh, and things are starting to get really um, difficult. The lockdown caught most of us unprepared. Campus Crusade for Christ staff in Uganda were not spared. Essential commodity prices shot up quickly, panic buying and hoarding. And sadly, donations from our partners significantly reduced in March and April to the extent that over 50% of our staff could not afford a salary. Donations to um, CCC as an organization, that's Campus Crusade for Christ, it's called Life Ministries there, has dwindled significantly as the national director of Life Ministry in Uganda, community uh, and spiritual leader. The burden on my shoulders is very heavy. We're expected to take care of those in need, both in the world and indeed also. And then he goes on to say, and yet in the midst of all of this, the gospel has not been affected. Amidst the lockdown and its effect, the gospel has not been locked down. We have done ministry online just before Easter. We trained 190 staff and disciples in digital strategies for evangelism and discipleship. 125 believers are praying for our ministry online. We've had 28 salvation decisions. 468 new believers are in discipleship group on top of the 28,000 in discipleship groups across the country. Using a TV broadcast during Easter, we had 19,790,000 viewers watching different Jesus film products. We are having 
a harvest. As the area representative of the Jesus Film Project um, over southern and eastern um, Africa and through Hope 2020 COVID-19 Response Project, we're working to mobilize 13 countries in the region to broadcast the Jesus Film movies on TV and radio to 44 million people who will be exposed to the gospel. And, uh, and through that, there's 275,000 indicated decisions for Christ. I mean, it's incredible, but they're going through so much, so much worse than we are. And because of you as a church, because of your generosity, because of your radical generosity in responding to the call of God, we as a church are able to help others, whether it's locally, whether it's regionally, or whether it's globally. And so this Thursday, I had this awesome meeting with our finance team, and we were able to talk about just, hey, what can we do to help? And we were able to mobilize more than $15,000 that would be able to go and to be be able to help others that are in need. And if we need to, we can mobilize more. But it's because, it's because of the call of God that we would ever do this. Is, is this call of God, this radical call of God to be his children in his hands and his feet in the world. The radical call of God. And, and here's, here's, um, here's just how I want to encourage us with this. Is, is at the beginning, I referred to this children's song. This um, children's song that just, you know, it was years ago, it was just to get kids active and maybe to be able to um, tell the story of Abraham. But uh, this children's song, Father Abraham had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. But it shouldn't stop there. It shouldn't stop with you. I am one of them, and so are you. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left. That's not the end. <clears throat> That's not the end. It's not what it's supposed to be. Is It should be something more like this. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham I am one of them, and so are you. And that's not everyone. You see, we're, we're, we're called to be a part of the call and to help other people realize the call of God on their life is, is that God calls them and they don't have to feel qualified because they're not, they're not qualified and you and I aren't qualified. We're not qualified for the call. The call makes us qualified. And we're commanded to get out. Get out of our comfort zones. Get out of our comfortable little relationships. Get out of the comfort of, of just being people that go to church. To get out and get into the world and to be the light of the world and to be the salt of the earth. And to get out and be a blessing. Be a blessing. And I don't always know what that looks like. But here's what I know is, is that Abraham went without knowing where he was going. He didn't know what the plan was. He just knew that God knew. And in total trust in the character and the promises of God, he left. And we just need to step out and we just need to go. He got out there and he embraced the call to bless and we're called 
we're called to be blessed because we were all blessed by his trust. He trusted in the promise. And we're also called to trust, but we're not necessarily trusting in the same kinds of promises. We're trusting in the fulfillment of the promise, which is actually a person. It's Jesus. And so we put our trust in Jesus. And if you haven't, then as this song is playing, as we close in worship, just that God is the living hope. He is our hope in all things. And as we trust, even as the song is praying, it's just an opportunity to say yes. Yes, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Yes, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I choose to get out and be a blessing.